Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World, a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. This week's program is Finding Unity Amidst Diversity. Please welcome Reverend George Wolfe. Hello, and welcome to Converging Streams. Every so often, we hear from community leaders, religious leaders, politicians, a call for unity, unity of the human family, unity of mankind, the unity of nations, which is, of course, one of the goals of the United Nations, unity of races, the unity of denominations. There is a need for unity amidst this great diversity of life that we experience on our planet, and not only on our planet, but in the entire universe. In Christianity, this call for unity of the denominations is called the ecumenical movement, the hope that one day Protestant and Catholic, liberal and conservative, evangelical and orthodox can all come together and be united in one universal church or denomination. Well, if we look at the universe, we really can't live in a more diverse place, can we? All the infinite forms that exist within the universe, of galaxies, of solar systems, of quasars, it seems that the unity that we seek is very hard to find. And yet this question of unity has been addressed from ancient times in some way in all religions of the world. One ancient symbol that addresses this concept of unity existing within diversity is what's called the yin and yang symbol, or more commonly pronounced yin and yang symbol, that comes to us from Taoism, which is a branch of Buddhism. Now, the yin and yang symbol is a circle, and within the circle is contained a curved line which forms two what you might call teardrops, one of which is moving upward and one which is moving downward. It represents the flow the give and take that exists within a harmonious, unified relationship. A unified relationship between two opposites, two opposing values or opposing forces. One side of the yin and yang symbol is black and the other white. Now when most people from a Western perspective look at the symbol, they see black as representing evil and white is representing good. But in the yin and yang symbol, that is not what is really being conveyed. Actually, the black side represents female. It also is said to represent mystery and intuition, whereas the white side is said to represent male and logic. And this give and take and flow within the unity of the circle represents unity of opposite values, how they play and move within life and within creation. It's a very powerful symbol, a very beautiful one. A comparable view is expressed in Christianity. In the Bible, it's said that when two people become married, then the two become one, to use the words of the Apostle Paul. Here you have opposite values, two distinct individuals, 
two persons with perhaps very different qualities coming together, existing in a state of unity. It's important to understand, though, that the state of unity is not one where one loses individuality. When the two become one, it is not that they become the same thing. The two spouses maintain their own individuality, maintain their own being, and yet they exist in a harmonious relationship and in a sacred relationship that we call marriage. Now we can also find this metaphor of unity existing within diversity in nature, and in fact, it is described very beautifully in science. Take, for example, the three states of matter, solid, liquid, and gas. If you have a substance like water, Water exists in its solid form as ice, and then it has a liquid form, and then it also has the gaseous form, which we call vapor, water vapor. Three different distinct forms, three different states of water, and yet they exist within unity because all three forms have the same substance made up of the same molecule. Thus, there is an underlying unity amidst the diversity of the three states of matter. Now, the same language of one and the same substance having three different forms is used in Christianity to describe the concept of Trinity. One can look at the Trinity as being an effort to come to terms with this question of how unity can exist within diversity. In the Christian Trinity, you have the Godhead as being conceived of as the Creator, or what is more traditionally called the Father, and then the divine manifestation or incarnation of divinity, more traditionally called the Son, and then the Spirit or the Holy Spirit. Three persons, as it said, contain within one. One substance with three forms. Very much like we would describe the three states of matter. In fact, The three states of matter has often been used as a metaphor to try to explain how the divine can be one and yet also be conceived of as three. Now, there is also a trinity concept in Hinduism. In Hinduism, the Godhead is conceived of having three forms, and they describe them as the three most fundamental forces of creation. You have the creative force, which is designated with the term Brahma. You have the force of preservation, which is designated by the term Vishnu. And you have the force of destruction, which is designated by the term Shiva. These three fundamental forces of nature seem very logical in ancient times, and they still seem logical today, because if you look around us, everything in creation is either in a state of being created, being preserved, or being destroyed. It is the interaction of these three forces which bring about constant transformation in life and creation. And this is the way the ancient philosophers in India conceived of the Godhead or divinity as being comprised of these three fundamental forces all existing within the unity of the divine. Now how is it that we lose this awareness of unity? How is it that religions divide up into different sects and denominations? In the Muslim Quran, we are warned against this. 
as it says, As for those who split their religion and divide up into sects, you have no part in them at all. Their affair is up to God alone, who will acquaint them with what they have been doing. And how also is it that we lose our awareness of our common humanity? How is it that we see the different people and races of humanity as divorced from the human family? Well, there are some ancient legends which perhaps help explain this. One is the famous story of the Tower of Babel. And it says in the book of Genesis, Now the whole earth had one language and few words. And as men came eastward, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth. This is one ancient explanation for how it is that we may perceive differences and lose our vision of unity. For it says we are all one people, but this building of the tower can be a symbol for the ego and for humans trying to envision themselves as being like God. And in that process, we enter a competitive mode and separate ourselves from one another. We lose the ability to understand one another, even if we speak the same language. Now, there's a story in the Christian tradition which is meant to be the restoration of this unity and the ability to understand one another. And that is the story which comes to us in the book of Acts, it's a story called Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, the apostles were all gathered together, and upon them came the Holy Spirit as tongues of fire, and that fire gave them the gift of being able to speak in such a way so that everyone could understand them in their own native tongue. So it is that by renouncing our ego and the short-sightedness brought about by desire and ambition, that we may restore in us an awareness of that unity which connects us and which unites us with the deeper value and the deeper essence within life, whereby we recognize all as being the emanation of the same spirit. It is as if we are all a part of the same ocean, each being a wave on the ocean. And in our loss of unified awareness, we think that each wave is different than the ocean. But in fact, a wave is nothing more than an expression of the ocean. And it is the ocean of spirit that unites us in the common essence that we call humanity. I'd like to conclude this program by reading an interfaith psalm that I wrote. And this particular psalm conceives of the universe as having existed in the beginning 
like a seed. It's very much like what the astrophysicists say, that uh, in the beginning of creation, all of the matter was contained in a singularity. And then it exploded in the Big Bang, and the infinitely diverse universe in which we live comes forth. This is Interface Psalm, number one. In the beginning was the sacred seed, suspended in the catalytic embrace of divinity, warmed by the primal energy breathing within itself. Ignited by the flame of speech, it opened and became the universe. That's when the fullness moved and the one gave birth to the many. When truth became the vision of knowing, shining through the realm of becoming. Within the seed, the law slept like a dormant gene. Awakened, it guides with gyroscopic precision, steering a course through the ocean of mind and the Mobius bending of space. Governed by paradox, life multiplies by dividing, survives by dying. As a grain of salt, dissolving in water, loses its form, but not its essence. So all is consumed in oneness when the infinite rediscovers itself. This is George Wolfe for Converging Streams. Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolfe, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.